Hey, 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 hey. Hello, this is Omar, the host of the Aging Millennial Podcast. So today, I'll be covering successfully acing interviews. I wrote an article on this a couple of months ago based on my personal experiences. And I just thought recording a podcast is easier, easier to listen to than reading perhaps. And I can say much more uh, than writing about it. Um, and also another one that, you know, I whenever I go to LinkedIn nowadays, sadly and unfortunately, I see a lot of uh, people being made redundant. Um, though there are also other people uh, actively looking for new jobs, going through the interview process. And it feels like a good time to record this episode. Uh, hopefully by the end, you feel, you feel much more confident, both physically and mentally, when preparing for interviews, when going for interviews, and when wrapping up the interview or the feeling afterwards of, you know, this is the best I could have done. And hopefully you get the job, fingers crossed. Um, of course, you know, there are thousands of uh, tips around the internet of, how to prepare for interviews, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Though I would like to say that all the tips I'll be giving are based on my personal experiences and they seem to have worked for me. So there's no reason why they couldn't work for any of you, right? So what I'll do is I'll, um, I've broken the acing, successfully acing interviews into three stages. So before the interview, during the interview and after the interview. And I just feel that the breaking it into three stages allows for the research to be, allows for you or allows for you to conduct the research better and tackle each stage in a much more impactful and appropriate manner. And sorry guys, I have I have a bit of a cold. So uh, you'll hear, you hear a, sniffle or sneeze here and there. Okay, so let's start with before the interview for stage one. So um, what I would usually do is, uh, you know, I would start with the job description, of course, and that's what motivates you to reply. However, I would look at the job description in a bit more detail. So read through it and I would take a highlighter pen and highlight the long-term objectives, the day-to-day -day responsibilities, uh, as well as the experience required. A good job description will make it easy to highlight these sections and to highlight the appropriate, yes, highlight the appropriate sections. If, if not, then it's not a great job description. And of course, um, if you don't have the job description, uh, a detailed one, then do ask HR for it if they, you know, if you get to the contacting stage and they contact you and so forth. But at this point, of course, I'm assuming that you have been contacted for an interview and you, you start the preparation. Second point, research. So, um, of course, you want to get insight into the company's culture, into their values, into the ethos. And um, it's also a good way to start feeling whether the, the company culture relates to you um, and if that's what you want. And then you can, you know, start framing your answers appropriate as well, appropriately as well, considering uh, the company's culture. So, for example, Amazon's values, sorry, Amazon's culture is, you know, uh, customer obsession, ownership, be curious, 
Um, so I would just say, you know, use Google, use the company's website. You have ChatGPT as well now, so I'm not sure how ChatGPT would um, work in the sense, uh, though I'm sure it would give you good company over insight. And I've never used it, I can't say. Uh, but if you do, then let me know whether you, uh, whether you found it insightful or not really. Um, and then another uh, good research is research a type of questions commonly asked in these companies. So I know that their websites like Glassdoor, where former or current employees give insight into the interview questions they were asked. However, the internet also has a multitude of articles and links to the commonly asked questions um, in, in your profession. And it is broken down by profession as well. So for example, if you're going for a marketing role or even applying for a junior doctor role or uh, investment banking, they the internet has questions that are usually asked related to these roles. Then you start, um, of course, uh, fleshing this out, right? So you've done your research, you've done the job description, you've highlighted the job description in terms of the long-term objectives, the responsibilities and the experience required or the skill set required. You've done the research. So you've researched into the company's values, the culture. Uh, you know what the company stands for. You know whether they link in with yours. I mean, for Gen Z these days, sustainability is a big factor. And a lot of the interviewers, sorry, a lot of the candidates we get applying for maybe student roles or uh, newly experienced roles, they're, they're, they do ask a lot of questions around sustainability and whether the company stands up for that. And if we do, then how do we you know go about our sustainability goals? And that's really important to them. So... You've done that and now, you know, it comes to the point of you want to flesh, you want to start fleshing the research out. So firstly, you, what I usually use to do is start overlaying my experience with the job description exercise. So for example, in the objectives and the data responsibilities and the experience required, I would always link in experience in my profession career um, to each of these. So for example, you know, a long-term objective um, is, you know, building data capability, uh, I know very top line and very, very uh, broad, but let's say this is the long-term objective of the job description my reading, you know, building um, data capability. So then I would say, you know, in my experience so far, even if it's two-year experience, three years experience, what have I done to build data capability, whether it's small, whether it's large, you know, then you just start just mapping, mapping it out. Um, it does take time. It takes a good, you know, one or two hours, um, but it also really shows you your strengths of you know where you're excelling in the job description versus the development areas as well, where you're not so good at or where you have completely no experience. And that shouldn't throw you off of not applying for the, or not going for the interview. Um, if if we manage to succeed in every part of the job description and could meet every single criteria, then honestly, the job wouldn't be stretching for us, right? It wouldn't really get a, get us out of our comfort zone. So you do need, of course, you do need developer areas uh, that you would like to work on and develop in that job. Uh, but of course, you know, this exercise also gives you a great way to really understand what the role entails uh, and as an easy assessment, whether you would kind of enjoy the role or not. Um, and if it's really for you, like I remember the the jobs I've been applying to years ago, 
I realized halfway through, like even before we went into it, I don't really think it's for me. Uh, and at times I've backed out of the interview, you know, that if it's not for me, then why should I go for this? Um, and perhaps, you know, if I was pressured and really, really needed a job, then maybe my perception and view would be different. So I'm not um, generalizing. Uh, but if you are in a position where you can pick and choose, then it's a good exercise to identify whether the role is for you or not. Um, now, when it comes to answering the questions, which are highlighted uh, a couple of points earlier, where you want to research the type of questions asked in, the, in this particular role, in this particular industry, in this particular company, there's a really good method you can use. And many of you may have heard about it, though it doesn't hurt to uh, re-highlight or re-highlight this. Uh, it's the STAR method. So STAR, S-T-A-R. So S stands for situation, T stands for task, A stands for action, and R stands for result. And I cannot stress enough, I really cannot stress enough, framing your answer according to this is a great, is a great, great way to structure answers. It uh, helps to eliminate ambiguity as well and deliver impactful results. Um, you, I've actually realized you can use it for anything, uh, especially when structuring answers in meetings or um, or just anywhere. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it to be using with your friends or family or partner uh, just because it might sound a bit too formal, though it does really help in kind of framing the answer in a really nice way. So let's work through an example. So the question is, tell us about a time you had to deliver a high quality project under time pressure. And this is a very commonly asked question. Um, even at university, I think uh, I think I was writing my personal statement and this is one of the questions. I could be wrong, but I vaguely remember uh, this being one of them. So to in order to break this question according to the, the STAR method, so situation is, so you identify the situation. So had to get a quick qualitative research on a new product communication tagline. So this is basically giving you insight into what the situation was. Uh, and then you go on to T, which is task. And T, you need to remember, is always about you. It's always about me, like the I. So what did you, what what task were you given? The employer, the pers pers prospective employer doesn't really care about what your team members were given, what they were doing, what their task was. It's all about you. The focus is you. So really take this opportunity to shout about yourself about and sell yourself. So uh, in this, uh, to answer this question, uh, the task was I had to work with the agency to make this happen and deliver the required insights. Then you move on to A, action. So what are the specific actions I took? Not the team, not your boss, but I. So I booked a call with the agency. So that's really good because it shows your initiative and leadership. And this could be one of the values in the company you're applying to. And they is also a company which really values leadership, uh, values proactivity, uh, initiative, this is a really good way. Um, so book to call with the agency to define the scope um, of the research, so participants, objective. Um, I designed the questionnaire uh, with keeping the customer in mind or consumer in mind. And this, if, for example, if you're applying to Amazon and customer obsession is one of their culture, culture, uh, cultural values, which I alluded to earlier, then it really shows 
that uh, in this, you know, you you have thought about the consumer or the customer, you are cognizant of them. And it kind of just shows that it may, you know, if the prospective employer is employing you, it shows that, oh yeah, he or she knows about the, you know, may know about the customer and what it means. Um, so another action, another action was I attended the focus groups. I booked ad hoc meetings with the agency to identify the actionable insights. So that again is showing initiative and proactiveness. And then the result, the R, which is the final letter of the star word, is I managed to deliver against initial brief uh, given by the marketing director with the right insights. However, however, I did point out that we could have got richer. I could have got richer insights if I had more time. So I could have maybe gone to other parts of the UK um, or organized other focus groups at the agencies from different parts of the UK to get insights from uh, you know, consumers in the North, consumers in the South, consumers in the West, uh, so outside London. So it really shows uh, the R, my response really shows that in the end, I delivered what I had to deliver, though, there is room for improvement. So it shows that you're self-aware firstly, that nothing is ever perfect and there's always room for improvement and room for development. But overall structuring my answer using the STAR method to answer this question really, really has given, you know, like firstly, a logical and structured approach and uh, really shows a prospective employer that, I know how to structure my answers. And that's really big, right? Like if you think back to university and uh, even school, university, we've always been taught to structure our essays um, in, in the right way. You know, first you uh, go with, I don't know, the, I don't even remember now, but just setting the scene, then go on to um, the research and then your final conclusions. And uh, you're just pretty much using the same uh, methodology, the same idea to structuring your answers, you know, uh, for an interview. And I, I always, um, as I said, I always write down my answers, um, either by hand or word document. Um, and I always frame my answers using the STAR method. It takes two, three hours, but honestly, guys, it's worth it. It really is worth it. And you're going to thank yourself later down the line. Another thing you can do is before the interviews, rehearse your answers as well. So when you've written all your answers out, you can rehearse them. And it's a really great way to highlight and to realize if you're waffling, if you're saying too much, if the answer meets the answers, if the answer actually answers the question and also gives opportunity to summarize the answer as well. And then, of course, if you feel that, then you can either change your response and think of a different example or um, edit, edit the answer as well to make it crisper, to make it shorter and to make it impactful. And if you're asked to, um, and if you're asked, if you've been asked to do a presentation, you can use another method called square method. Though I'm not going to cover it in this episode, if you do want to find out more about it, then contact me via email uh, or Instagram. And I'm, I'd be happy to give you a snippet of what the square method is. And honestly, like all these methods, uh, when I came across them during my life, I always think, you know, when would I use them? Uh, how would I even uh, think of these methods, you know, when I'm in that situation? But over time and with practice, 
you really embed them into your uh, subconscious and you start thinking like that, you start approaching interviews like that, you start approaching your meetings like that, and it really does make a huge, huge difference. And now, and now, you know, let's say that you've done all your research before the interview and now it's interview day. So, um, you know, having done all the preparation, uh, I'm sure, or at least I, have always felt more confident and better during the interview stage or just, you know, just going to the interview because I know I've done my preparation. I know I have a good sense of the company culture. I know that I have responses to my questions. I know my, you know, I know that the responses are structured and logical and, uh, you know, you just feel better prepared. So, it, so in during the interview, if it's face to face, then make sure you have your document in front of you. Um, I don't think prospective prospective employers freak out if they see you have written stuff. It actually probably shows proactiveness and eagerness and curiosity, and just you know you're well prepared. And if someone came to me like that in an interview, I'd be I'd be pretty happy. And if it's virtual, then make sure you have your papers in front of you, uh, ideally in front of your uh, laptop, so you don't keep looking down. Um, or what I used to do is I used to have a Word document, so then I used to just put both windows, so Teams and Word documents side by side. And whenever I was asked a question, I could easily scroll through my answers and points or you know the questions I would like to ask. Um Always have eye contact with the interviewer. Uh, it uh, shows confidence. It shows uh, it uh, shows honesty as well, and it also builds trust with the interview as well. Uh, of course, it doesn't mean that you have a staring contest. You can look away for a second or two, though. Keep eye contact for majority of the time. If you wander into space and look in others, you know, look elsewhere, it just shows non-seriousness, in my view. And that you're not interested in the job. Breathe. So I think breathing is really important. When you're asked a question and you don't know the answer, or you do know the answer, regardless, it's always good to just take a moment and breathe, think, and then answer. You could even ask for a minute if you needed to. They don't, they, I think the prospective employer would always welcome composed and thought through answers rather than you talking BS or, you know, moving from one point to the other. So breathe, think, and then answer. It's always happened to me. Uh, another point that has always happened to me that I've given an answer and, you know, there's a gap. And then I've thought of something I could have added to the answer. It's not happened much, but it's happened in those instances. And honestly, I've just been honest with them. I've said, oh, I would like to make one additional point. May I do so? And if they say yes and they're open to that, then you can make that additional point. So it always shows that you're thinking about how you can make your answer better and how you can add more flesh to it. So um, you can always make additional points, though the art is asking for permission or pointing it out from the, or sorry, asking permission from the prospective employer rather than, you know, just blurting it out um, after a couple of seconds. And then, of course, closing the interview as well. I think it's, um, you should always have some questions prepared um, for for the interviewer. It always, uh, you know, questions around role, career path, company, 
is always good. And I think, I believe all prospective employers or interviews like to hear about, or like to hear questions, you know, from, from the uh, interviewee. Because it shows that you're interested in the company and you want to know more. Uh, it's not a good idea to ask about the salary in the first instance. So keep that for, you know, if you get to the second round or third round. And they'll probably ask you themselves anyway. But some of the some of the great questions you can ask is, you know, what does a 30, 60, 90 day plan for the role look like? You know, when you first joined, were your, you know, were your expectations of the culture and the role very different to reality? So these are the two questions, you know, you can start... You can ask, and of course, there are many thousands more you could, uh, though it's always great to close the interview with some questions. And after the interview, don't forget to send a thank you email. Send it after 24 to 48 hours. Ideally, if you have the interviewer's, interviewer's email, send it to them. Or if you don't, then send it to HR and ask them politely to forward it to uh, the interviewers. But in the email, I always find it an, as a final opportunity to, you know, highlight the value I'll bring to the company. Any questions that I couldn't answer in interview in, in the interview, a, a follow up. Uh, sorry, I'm going to say that again. So I would highlight the value I bring to the company. I would follow up with answers to questions that I couldn't answer in the interview. So that's always good because it shows that you're, you've thought about those questions that you couldn't answer. You've thought about them after and now you can because you've had more time. And also, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt just asking for a timeline when you expect a decision to be made if not mentioned in the interview. Um, of course, you know, uh, don't panic. If you don't get a response straight away, there might be other candidates doing the same thing and HR men might be going through, uh, you know, other interviews. They might be going through other interviews, so don't panic, and just keep one email per week. Uh, don't overdo it. No need to send two emails per week. I think one email should be enough. And then you leave it, right? Then you've done everything you can. You have the feeling that this is the best I've done, or could have done. You leave it to God. You leave it. You know. You just. Um, if it works out, well and good. If it doesn't, then it's not meant to be. That's what I've always learned. And if you don't believe in this, I would just say quickly go back in your life and identify the things that never that didn't work out and you really wanted them and then how your work, life worked afterwards. And I'm sure, I'm 100% sure that the things that did work out later on were much better and you never expected them to be. So... Yeah, continue to apply for jobs if you don't hear back. Continue to prepare for interviews and invest the same time and effort in other interviews. And honestly, believe in yourself. Um, it always it always works out for the best. So hopefully uh, you enjoyed that topic and it's appropriate and you find it useful. Uh, if you're going through an interview or you know friends and family going through an interview, do share the episode with them. Do let me know via email or Instagram if you found, if you managed to use any of the tips and you proved to be successful or, you know, the, any other tips that I should have mentioned or something you don't agree with. Happy to have, uh, you know, uh, a constructive debate. So email me to think, to, uh, email me to let me know what you thought of the episode. The email, my email address is on my podcast page. Of course, subscribe to my podcast to receive regular updates. Give a five-star rating. Uh, so it's visible to more people across the world. 
And as I mentioned before, share my podcast with your loved ones so they get a chance to improve their well-being. And stay happy, stay safe, and have a great start to the week. Thank you very much. Bye. Ciao. Thank you.